Spotlight Interview with your host, Executive Event Host, Tom Gambuza. In this week's Spotlight Interview, we flip the script as I, Tom Gambuza, interview this segment's host, Mike Saltpaw. Mike is not only one of my best friends and business partners, but he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever come to know. It seems fitting that his love for EMG is such, being born into a musical family and now pursuing a lifelong passion of his. Since childhood, his dream was to own an entertainment company, and now he is living that dream. But more importantly, is Mike's uncanny ability to see things in others what they can't see from themselves, and help them grow closer to their potential because of that. I know for me personally, Mike has been instrumental in helping me navigate and conquer some emotionally taxing times, especially within the last year, and continues to motivate not only me, but the entire EMG team to grow and get better every single day. Mike has a confidence and sureness about him that I would argue most can only admire to have. Uh, If he had a superpower, his intuition would surely be it. And his decisive nature to act swiftly has surely yielded him a lot of accomplishments that I would say many would argue uh, wildly successful at such a young age. Just to name a few, owner of multiple businesses, successful educator, holder of two master's degrees, and now a fiancé. But of course, as with any journey, comes an interesting and winding path, and arguably a little bit of fate. That has led us here, which we explore in this episode. So, take a listen as we dive into what has shaped Mike's musical upbringing, an unparalleled intuitiveness, and how a small-town kid from upstate New York has a ferocious mindset on the big picture. What is up, everybody? What is up? Listen, I know you're hearing a different voice this week because I, Tom Gambuza, am uh, switching seats with my buddy Mike Salpo here. I'm interviewing our segment's host. Mike, what's up, man? You know, my anxiety that you haven't turned off the music yet, it's like, buddy... Oh, that's on me? If you're going to sit in my seat, you got to do it right, man. That's it. Just... Fades out. See, just let it go. Yeah, nobody gave me the heads up, though. Ah, oh, good God. Hey, some host you are. This is fun. We get to sli- slip the whip. What? Huh? Flip the script. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? What? Wow. Unbelievable. We're starting early. Okay. So, uh, as we said, we're flipping the script. Mike, I'm excited. I me have. Too. A, I have a lot to ask you. Pressure's on, learn. buddy. Pressure's on. Yeah. Just to give you guys the heads up, Mike kind of mouthed to me right before we started this and said, hey, this better not suck. Yeah, don't, all day I've been telling you, don't suck. <laughs> I've been, I've been prepping for this. Okay, so in typical Mike Saulpaw fashion, I'd like to open things up. Tell us who Mike Saulpaw is in a soundbite. Ooh, yeah. You know, what's funny. <laughs> you would think because I always ask that question, I'd have an answer ready for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm a person who resents sleep. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> because it means I have to stop. Yeah, no, I, we're going to talk about that. That's Mike Sawpaul in a soundbite. Yeah, you relent, you resent sleep. I love sleep, on the other hand, though. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in bed. And then I get in bed, and I'm awake for three hours, and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to stop, you know? Yeah. yeah, okay. Have you always been that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, my Ever whole since life. you were a little kid? Whole life. All right, so take take us through that, then. Take Give us like a... Give us like a little background of your upbringing and 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 uh, maybe some family life. I know your family very well, so I know like you know kind of the dynamic. But yeah, I think 
Family has been central to my story uh, all throughout my life. I rolled deep. You know, I was the only kid showing up to college to move in with like eight people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now I'm the only person showing up, of, I'm sure, of your friends uh, for dinner at your house, also with eight people, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I grew up uh, in a musical household. Um, I grew up, my mom was very, very type A, um, and I think that rubbed off on me. My dad was very, very type B. And that also rubbed off on me um, and kind of pushed me in a different direction. Uh, my dad and I are very close, but we're very different when it comes to certain things, you know. Um, and I think I'm definitely a product of, of that. Um, I have a brother, obviously. I, I interviewed him on an earlier episode of this podcast. Um, Who we're, we love. We're insanely uh, close. People think we're twins, which I always say is a compliment to me because I'm six and a half years older. M- my mom thought that the, the same time that they she met you. It. The first Cityscape uh, uh, showcase. Yeah. Back when we were at Twin Door Tavern, hey, twins. I love. She was it. like, I thought I just met him. I'm like, no, that's the. That's we the also have similar sounding voices, and we have almost the same brain in terms of how we process things. I would agree with you there, and we can communicate non-verbally. So I think a lot of that throws people too. Um, but yeah, I grew up in uh, upstate New York, in a very um, athletics-based town. Uh, we talked about that on your episode where you grew up as the sports guy. I did not. Um, and I think part of my upbringing, because I went against the grain and I didn't quite always fit in, I always got along with people, but I never felt like I fit in. There's also a lot of people I didn't get along with for sure. Um, I always bucked the system. I always rebelled, you know, like when I was picked on as a kid and I was, um, I think every kid at some point is picked on, but I was too. when I was picked on, I picked back. You know, like I wasn't the you, one. Yeah, you you pushed back a little bit. My mom tells me a story when I was like five and in kindergarten and I was first exposed to like other kids. Um, they would say things like, you're fat or something. And I was. Uh, but I'd come home and I'd be so upset because I couldn't understand how another person could do that, you know. Um, and in retrospect, looking back, like they were five, they didn't know. But I was in tune with that a little bit, you know. Um, so I grew up very resentful sometimes so like we joke around a lot but when i like push back or i i we joke all the time and i would say like i'm the i'm the person no one likes you know it's because i think i have a very uh hard exterior yeah but do you think yeah i would i would agree with that so do you think that's been a product of you having to make like the second move you know what i mean like if the kid comes at you first yeah right Oh, always. And just leaning back as opposed to being the first one that does it. Yeah, yeah. I never, I'm, I always. Reactionary. I'm very reactionary in that. I always approach people. I, one of my, uh, there's not much that upsets me at now, you know, like in terms of like anger and fly. I mean, you've never, you've seen me go off the handle, what, once in three years, maybe? Yeah, I mean, you, you express like frustration, but never like. No, I mean, actually like, physically yeah. or like. The only yeah. thing that gets that physical rage factor in me is a lack of when I feel there's a lack of respect going on and not just to me but around me mm-hmm. like when I see other people the people you care about oh man even people I don't care about like when I see a, a, a person in a store uh like shoo a little kid away because they you know they're disrespectful or or they you know it's a kid and they just think they can talk to them however like I've been known to get in arguments with other adults because they're like bullying a kid you know, like, get out of here, kid. It's like, hey, hey, how about you get out of here, you know? <laughs> what are we talking about? What's what? the last time that happened? No. Uh, Ikea, about six months ago. Was I with you? Mm-mm. Oh. My grandmother almost got me into a fist fight. True story. Two Russian uh, women 
were there and they had this big cart of wood and they kept backing it up and they were hitting this little kid who was standing behind with his mom. So finally the mom was like, um, excuse me. She was being much politer than I would have been. And my grandmother had some not so nice words for these Russian girls who then started to talk about my grandmother in Russian. And uh, my my 74, five-year-old grandmother, like I saw her back arch up like a cat and I knew she was about to punch this girl. And I was like, what are you doing? No. So I grab her and we're exchanging words. And then one of the Russian girl's boyfriends came over who no joke could have been a center for the New York Knicks. Dude was seven feet tall. I'm 5'8", okay? That would happen to you. And I looked at him and I was like, this is the day my grandmother got me killed. But it Mm -hmm. all started because they were hitting this little kid with their cart, you know? I don't know what we're talking about, Tom. Okay, look, so I I get it. (laughs) No, we like the stories. Your your story, you like the stories. Okay, cool. You got to reel me in, I'm reeling you back in. Here's where we are. So you grew up in a household with mom type A, dad type B. Right. Do you think you've, I would argue that you followed more of the path of, of the type B, and I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but that type B, because I know dad very well, but uh, does that have a lot to shape with your, your musical upbringing? Like, what do, you, what do you mean by type B versus type A? Well, a type A personality type is somebody Because well, well, that's me, type, I'm type A, I think. And you think I'm type A? What, I said, Mike is shaking his head right. I think we got to, off air, we're going to go into type A, type B. Okay. Because I'm definitely A and you're definitely B. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Okay. But I'm, I'm much more, you come on, you're like the laid back guy and I'm the, the guns blazing, kick down the door, go in and I do this I thought type stuff, A you know? just meant like, you know, organized and just like needed things in, in certain places. Nope. No? No. We're, we'll have a lesson after this. I guess they didn't teach me that in psychology. Hmm. Huh. Isn't your degree in psychology? It is, yeah. <laughs> Did a lot of research, though. Research and development. Okay. Love it. Anyway, so you grew up in a... I know you have a... I want to talk about like your musical upbringing, because obviously that has uh, informed a lot what we do at EMG, and we'll talk about EMG in a little bit. Yep. So where did you first get like your love of, of music? Well, my dad was a professional musician. Um, I talk about that a lot, but it was always in my house. You know, my dad's whole family is musical. My mom's whole family was musical. So no matter whose side of the family we were going to or who was coming to us, there was always music. Like after holiday dinners, there were no like board games. There were no TV sit around. It was like, okay, everybody now who's going to jump up and play at the piano. And I was infatuated with that because it was the ability to entertain and to command attention. Um, So I was three years old and I learned how to play Hey Jude literally three years That's old. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I, maybe I played single notes or whatever, but like I put, I strung a melody together. My dad showed me um, and I was off to the races, you know? And then I guess my parents sent me for piano lessons when I was like five or six, but I like, I, you can't flunk out of that, but it felt like I flunked out of it because I couldn't read. And I went to a very traditional teacher and, you know, sit with your back straight up. And, and that was never me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a problem with, uh, stru- Direct, structure and direction, you know? So like, I just was like, but I want to, I want to play Billy Joel. I want to, you know, yeah, you're a guy that needs to follow your own path and yeah. call out your own path. I'll just car. I was like, just give me the piano yeah. and give me a room and let me just lock me in there. And that's how my dad learned too, when he was a kid. I mean, they literally bought him in a little organ and they put him in a room and he didn't come out till he could play. So for me, I don't know if that was ingrained. Like I wanted to do that. And 
my dad, you talk about content. He was in, you know, bands in the 70s and 80s and he they would um, bring like a tape recorder and just hit record, you know, and it would just basically do what our voice memos do now. And uh, I would listen to that and I would just think it was the coolest thing in the world, you know, like uh, gigging on the weekends. And those are the things that I would fantasize about. Um, I also was very infatuated with business. I was the only six-year-old who like made business cards and would give them out, you know? I think I've seen those. Yeah. Um, You know, like the minute I saw that like a lemonade stand was a thing, not only did I have a lemonade stand, but I was doing like the branding and marketing for my lemonade stand. So it's funny that that my kid Mike became adult Mike in in the music and the playing on the weekends, but also the business and the and the advertising marketing side of things. Yeah, and I feel like even though I mean you say that so concisely that you know from kid Mike to adult Mike you're doing kind of the same thing. I feel like there's been a winding path in order to get there though, which I want to talk about. Do you see it that way? Do you see it like a like a straight shot? What kind of maybe maybe some life moments that have have you know kind of knocked you off course, so to say, or maybe like, damn, you know, am I doing the right thing? Or you know what I mean? Um, okay, I have a couple of answers to that. So the the constant thread has been my balls to the wall love of branding, marketing, content. That has always remained the same. When we moved, I moved from, I grew up in New York, and when we moved to New Jersey, I had to pack up everything, you know, that I owned. And at that point, you know, I was going through, like, old yearbooks, flyers, like, all these things that I kept, and I had to pack it all away. And you can actually see the trend of what I was obsessed with, you know what I mean? Like, when I was younger, I had my own DJ business, main event DJ service business. Yeah. I was a one-man show, but like... Good branding. You can see that like, okay, from 2000 and, I don't know, four to 2007, that was the main event DJ. You can just see like the the mass in my life of content and it was all that. Then it shifted to something else and something else. So yeah, I think that there's been a winding path, but my, my character traits, and of course you change as a person, but my character traits have always kind of gone through like that. Um, the biggest aha moment for me in my life happened within the last two and a half years. And it was when I realized that I could lean on others. And it was, um, for a long time, I was too headstrong in that it's got to be my way or I, I can only count on myself. And I think I've learned as I've gotten older and, and grown into adulthood that it doesn't always have to be your way, but there are things that it's okay to like relinquish on, you know? So had you, me and my cross paths five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been in the right headspace to do what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and while that might seem like, well, yeah, duh, you got to lean on other people. This is advice that was given to me my entire life. And I never followed it up until about two years ago. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. I mean, I think, I don't know if anybody thinks that way, but I can sympathize with that or at least like level with that because I was very similar in terms of having to learn, you know, to either delegate or like, especially as guys, we're not really brought up to ask for help or be good at asking for help. Right. You know, especially coming from like a solid Italian household. Oh, and we're both the eldest Italian male son. So it's like, yes, that's a whole nother bag of therapy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) episode number two. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Mike, you, you brought something up, and this is something that's always fascinated me about you, amongst other things, and I, I want to bring this up. So we talked a little bit about family, but when you said you had to move, how, how old were you? Oh, I was in, I mean, in the middle of college, I never went back to New York. I just kind of stayed at my school. And then going into my senior year of uh, college, my family moved. So I never really went back after college started. So I'd say I moved at 18. Okay. So let's call it 18. Regardless of whenever it was, what I've always been fascinated about, and we've, I've seen this, you know, at family parties or like when you come over my house or even Mm -hmm. in the office here one day, like it could be just a spur of the moment of like a a story you're talking about at any moment's notice mm-hmm. you can pull up content that <laughs> that that speaks to whatever we're talking about yeah. where the hell does that come from like where oh, I, I feel, you could pull something up honestly from like 96 and you're yeah. like yeah this is me and my brother hanging out in man i don't North know north carolina I, on a family vacation i always what? tell when i was in my 20s i'm probably less adventurous now but in my 20s i definitely was the guy i said i will do anything for a story you know, because in in that tie into entertainment, I always want to be the guy who's got a story and can make people laugh. And what makes for a good story is like aided by visuals and sound and whatever. And um, I don't know. I have a I love history. You know, I love um, not just regular history. I mean, personal history, too. I feel like it's a sense. You want to know who I am? I can I can tell you a story and show you pictures or video from that exact moment of what was happening in my life. I think it illustrates a picture. Um, I've always been obsessed with that, like old family videos and stuff. And since we've moved into like the cloud and digital, I mean, I can pull up any point of my life. I really can, you know, and like that brings me a great comfort uh, a lot. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you see that as like a blessing or a burden? Oh, total blessing. Total blessing. I would have to to agree with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've pulled up I just got all my old family videos digitized. And so now I put them on a private page on YouTube. So like I can pull them up. And if I'm telling a funny story of when I am four years old, I can pull it up. Right. So um, it's comforting to see loved ones that aren't here anymore and, and to do that stuff. And I can't tell you the amount of times. And it's not like every story. In fact, most of my stories aren't sappy. Most are funny, you know. So uh, when I do that, people are laughing and they're going, God, I wish I had this stuff, you yeah. know. Mm hmm. So that's that's why I do that. Do you, did you pick that up from somebody? Like, is that something that was passed down to you? Or do you think that was just something, you, you know, was kind of innate about you? No. Okay. On the, on the personal side of things, I think I just picked that up. Um, my dad, I would say, is a content guy. You know, but he's not... He's not, uh, and let me illustrate here for the people. When I say a content guy, I'm the guy around the office that's like ready at a moment's notice with a video camera record. Like I'm just a video camera. Was this 1994? It might be. What? Mm-hmm. Um, you got content from them? Yeah, but like <laughs> I do actually. But my dad was always like the the VCR and like record this and watch that and did you hear that? But he does it in tidbits. Like my dad doesn't watch TV. He like. He's the he's been surfing channels for 25 years, so he picks up a little bit of everything. Yeah, I need to like start a series, finish a series in 24 hours. You know, like I'm like again all in all the time, constantly. It's exhausting, Tom. I need help. <laughs> I need help, man. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I would agree with you. And part of one, of, I want to talk about some of the character traits about you to let the people know. A little bit about like uh, you know the ferocity and the and the and the mindset and the um, kind of like this 
intuition you have about you. Okay. Right? So for me, like where, one of the things I admire most about you is, is your intuition. I feel like, you know, we talk about it a lot mm-hmm. and you know, you say like, Hey, I have a, I have the gut feeling on this. You know, you're usually, and I want to talk about how that informs like what we do now at EMG, but just where, at what, is there like a, a time in life where you can pinpoint that and say like, you know, I feel like you go through life with a lot of confidence and a lot of people admire that about you. I know I do. So a lot of people mistake it though, too. A lot of people mistake my confidence for a couple of ways, either that I'm, I'm like boisterous or that I'm full of myself or whatever, um, which I have a lot of self doubt. I think everyone does about certain topics, certain things, but I, I choose not to show that side a lot. And so that has often brought me into a problem too, when people think that I can't be hurt. My feelings can't be hurt. My, you know, it's like at the end of the day, I'm still a human, you know? Yeah. You you, you talked about it. You have that tough exterior. Right. Right. So people think you can just unload or whatever. And I, I, I try to pride myself. I'm, I'm a fixer, dude. You know what I mean? Like in my life, I want to be the person that if somebody's got a problem, friend, family, loved one, uh, they come to me and I handle it. And I, for the most part, I do. There have been points in my life, which two years ago led me to realize like, oh, I need to lean on other people um, where it just gets to be too much. You know, I think the hardest part, and I know I'm not answering your question. I'm going off on a tangent here, but the hardest part- I'm the host. I really back in. That's right. The hardest part for me is learning to say no. Mm -hmm. I cannot say no to anything uh, to the point of like literal physical exhaustion. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, what was your question? Look, I can go back. Like, (laughs) I want to know where that intuition comes from because Ah, what that's probably the most, the the number one thing I admire most about you. And Mm -hmm. that's why, like, when you, just to give the people some context here, what was it, two weeks ago, maybe? You were like, hey, so I've been, I'm going to be interviewing all these people. Who the hell is going to interview me? And I'm like, ooh, me, 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 you know? Because I felt like I had, then you know, if we had a visual on this, everyone listening could see my my uh, the notes I've written down on my iPhone. Just right. because I, there were there have been a couple of points that I've wanted to just kind of like flesh out with you, mm-hmm. but that's been like the number one thing ever since I've met you, which is not too long ago. But you and I are very similar in that way, and one of the things I've learned from you right away was because when we first met, I was going through some mm-hmm. some turmoil. And that could be episode two also, if you want, you know, <laughs> we're going spotlight uh, therapy session. Um, but one of the things that you had told me was, you know, Tom, that's just some of the, some of the, you just have to realize your role in life. And I, I find it very admirable that at such a young age, at least in my eyes, that you've been able to figure that out, mm. like what your role is, you know? So I don't know where that source of intuition comes from. Okay, so you know? I think I can answer you. Uh, first, I'll say this. I could very well listen, we could listen back to this podcast 10 years from now, and I could be like, I was 31. I thought I had it all figured out. I didn't know anything. And that's going to happen. Right. So yeah. thank you, but also maybe I don't know anything. So let me give that little caveat. Um, my intuition, I don't know. I think... Um, that family upbringing of like literally the Italian household where everybody is in everybody's shit, you know, and like, yeah, a genuine care for other people and, um, being with like overly emotional Italian women my whole life, um, in every facet of the way, like 
I probably picked up some along the way. But here is maybe a little anecdotal story that I can give to you. We had a... Um, I remember things about people because I think it's important. I think people are important, you know, and I'll remember faces and names and details and whatever. Uh, even when the names go away, you know, I'll remember feelings and things. And the older I get and the more time that passes and the more interactions or people I run into, I, I've i been able to ascertain that other people don't have that same thing. So when I see someone and I remember something about them, my dental hygienist the other day, two years ago, she told me her son was in um, Texas somewhere, like for the military, and I brought it up and she goes, no, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. You you know that? you were, And I'm like, why doesn't she remember this conversation? It's your son. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I look at it and like, how do people, like people can't remember my name even though I see them, you know, once a week, twice a week. Yep. I look at them and I'm like, what the hell's wrong with them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's my, th- we had a groom, unfortunately, that passed away. I did his wedding, um, I don't know, a little over a year ago and I did not know that he passed away and uh, it was a day that we were very, very busy on. So I, I worked with a DJ um, that, that we used to work with and then he moved away. This was like one of his last ones and, uh, I, when I saw that this guy passed away, I took a, a, a screenshot of of the couple on their wedding day because the the uh, his wife had posted like a you know a thing on Instagram. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sent it to him, and I went, "Dude, I'm so upset." And he wrote back, "He's like, oh man, that sucks. Who is it?" And I'm like, "We did the wedding together. You know what I mean? Like, how do you not clue into the emotional?" And I I get that most people aren't like that. I am. Maybe that's part of my intuition. I don't know, but. Uh, that doesn't answer your question. Hey, well, it's hard sitting on this side of the table. Yeah, sorry. I'm like peppering you right Love now. Love it. Yeah, peppering you. So I'm going to like, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I want to, I, I want to get to the EMG stuff mm. a little bit, but I think it's important that everybody, I think the goal of these podcasts, or at least this segment of the Spotlight interview is to, I mean, it's technically your show, but I'm hopefully I'm like <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> bringing this out in that, you know, Either clients or or other people in the industry can listen in and just learn a little bit more about who you are yeah. as a person, yeah. you know, and how that ties into what you bring to the table in terms of the team, mm-hmm. right? I want to go very simplistic and I want to run, run down the list of of some of the interests that Mike Sawpaw has, <laughs> okay, go ahead. And, or some of the things that are, are that are, are about you, right? Okay. So I'm going to go down. You're you're a wrestling fan, huge, huge wrestling fan, huge. You like like is it Marvel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marvel like superheroes. Love it. Yep. Huge movie buff. Mm-hmm. Love going to the movies. Try to get there once a week. That's excessive. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we've already uh, covered the fact that you love content, mm. and we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. You're a Mets fan. I don't know why. Die hard. And you're nearly allergic to almost all foods. Uh, it's mostly fruit and nuts, except for citrus. And some fruit I can eat if it's cooked. That's got to be a pain in the ass. Uh, tell me about it. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, you know how bad I want a plum, dude? <laughs> it's been years since I've had grapes. Of course. Of course it's a pain in the ass. Oh, man. Jeez. So, like, uh, what of what that, like, where does it, that's... <sighs> literally, you want to talk about balls to the wall? Yeah, Overnight. I, one day I'm eating almonds, fine. Next day, same bag of almonds, anaphylactic shock. Boom. Any answers on that? Your body changes every seven years. Is no, what look, they told I've me. heard that. Uh, just to give a medical lesson, I've had a doctor tell me this: your DNA, your DNA remaps every seven years. Yeah, well, mine remapped to cut out tree nuts. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. So look, we have we've covered some some family background. We've covered some um, uh, personal interests. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of titles and a lot of hats that you wear. Now, in order to get to this place, you've you've had a lot of schooling. Maybe some of the, what what I find cool that I think a lot of people don't know. What you have like seven master's degrees. I have a few. Yeah. Yeah. How many? Uh, two. I have two. Two. Okay. It's a little less than seven, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find that highly impressive. I feel like a lot of people would. Do you feel like you're? Has it served you any any purpose coming through life? Uh, oh yeah, what formal education, now? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not at all in the subject area that I have my master's degree. What, in. what are your degrees in? I don't know. You I, don't even know. One of them's in school administration, and the other one has something to do with reading. I think. <laughs> um, I was. I'm not somebody who's impressed by that stuff. You know, like uh, people like used to be very. I didn't want. I didn't go to my. I didn't walk at grad. It was just like another thing that I had to do, but self-imposed had to do. See, that's that drive. Like, no, I got to do this. I never said, hey, do I want to do this? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I stayed. I went for my first master's at the same school I did my undergrad, just basically because I didn't have to reapply. And they only had two programs. And I entered one and I didn't like it. I was like, put me in the other one. I don't know. Reading something. Okay. Don't know. Uh, Yeah. Has Has it helped me? I mean, I'm not using... I thought my career, because I'm also a teacher, was going to be in uh, in school administration, and I and I was an administrator for a while, um, and then not because it was my heart wasn't really in it, and I much prefer to do the creative and the music stuff. Um, so I I went back into the classroom. I switched schools and jobs. So has it served its purpose? Yeah, it has. Um, I think the thing that I take away is the and we were talking about this the other day is the formal education side of things. Um, in terms of knowing how to communicate and write and speak and be put in different, you know, when I was at school, I, w- I would agree with you there. I don't know yeah. if you, uh, I call you the, uh, the, the grammar guru because you're like a stickler on that stuff. And yeah, I'm I maniacal it. about that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know if you found this in college, just being, uh, I was very involved there again, balls to the wall. I'm going to do everything all at once. But like going to different galas and fundraising things and like black, my first black tie affair and, uh, knowing which fork to use at a fancy dinner. Like, those are all experiences that I accumulated because of formal education. Now, I can't tell you what but I... But outside the classroom. Right, right, yeah. No, inside the classroom, I think you're picking up those communicative school uh, skills, you know? Okay. Um, so, yeah, in the content, no, but overall, I think education is very important. Okay. Now, you've hit on a couple points that um, kind of reminds me of something that I feel like you always say about yourself. Yep. You call yourself an, an entrepreneur first? Yeah. What does that mean for you? When people ask me what I do, most people would look and say my full-time job is I would identify as a teacher. Um, but when people ask me that question, I say, I don't know. I do a lot of stuff. You know, I have a lot of different interests. I don't pigeonhole myself into one thing. Um, I do love teaching. I do love education. Uh, but I also really love, I have a marketing business that I run. I have EMG that I help run with you guys. Um, that an entrepreneur to me is always on to what's next, you know, every day. I mean, you know this because I mostly throw it at you. I create a business every day in my head, every day in my head. I go, this is what we could do. Yeah, that's, that's true. Every single day. We don't do most of them because I don't have time because I have to sleep, which I resent, but (laughs) 
<laughs> and this like, is all coming full circle. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's a viable thing too. It's not like some cockamamie, like, you know what we should do? We should sell bananas down by the river, you know? Yeah. I wonder if there'd be a market for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I, that's what I mean by an entrepreneur. I can't not see possibilities. And I think that's what a lot of the value you bring to the team yep. here is. Because you are, let's let's transition, but let's take that. Um, when you, first of all, I find it extremely interesting the way in which we met. Yes, which is on an earlier episode. It is, so we don't need to go through the whole story. We don't. Go listen to the podcast where I interviewed Tom. Yeah, but would you... Um, I kind of chalk that up to like fate a little bit. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I mean, life, the older I get, dude, life is just a series of like really weird circumstances come full circle. And connections. It's like where... Yeah. Where did they come from? Like somebody your family was friends with for 40 years and you happen to know was marrying a dude I happen to be working with, even though I didn't grow up anywhere around here. And like, yeah, it's weird. It's nuts. It's really, uh, it's really nuts. But I always argue because I teach philosophy too. It's like, do things happen for a reason or do we apply that meaning after the fact? Do we look back and go, oh, it must have been fate because all of this worked out. You know how many, you don't know all the connections or, or crossings you've had in your life that didn't work out. So you can't assign that meaning to them. You know, that's true. So I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. So we don't know the answer to the question. It, that's okay. But I think the bigger picture is that regardless of how we came together yep. and we'll keep, you know, obviously we have a third, third headed monster in, in Mike, uh, when it comes to this partnership mm-hmm. at EMG, what, um, Ready for this? Sound drop? Tell me. Love it. <laughs> Love it. What uh what drew you what what did you see in either EMG or like what what did what was it that you wanted to be a part of? So, uh when I was 15 years old, I said, I want to own an entertainment company one day. Which is true. I can I can vouch for that. Yeah. And I thought main event DJ service was going to become main event DJ entertainment, you know? Mm. Um, And then I went, oh, I don't know how to do this stuff yet because I didn't have the necessary life skills. And when I first came, first of all, I I liked um, your vibe when I met with you. I have found in, this is going to piss a lot of people off. Eh, I'm going to say it. There's a, a certain gruffness in the event industry from the talent. Okay, meaning I don't, I'm not simpatico with a lot of guys in our industry because they don't know what the word simpatico means, you know? <laughs> so uh, when I met you, I was like, oh, he's, he, I can hang with this dude and I liked you. And then when I came to the office, it was, when I saw it, it was in my head what I had wanted at 15 years old. Like if I could have constructed what my business would have physically looked like, it, it was this, you know? And I think that's what drew me to EMG at, at the start. Then, of course, once I got here and the band with Cityscape, and then I started to do your marketing stuff, um, I got more ingrained and I got to know you all as people. And we have a very, we have a really, really cool office of we people. Do. Like, we're just yeah. constantly laughing. You know, we, we've been putting out all this content and video and stuff, and like, people see it and go, oh, you guys are so funny. It's like, we're not actors, dude. Like, we Yeah, do we're this, just being ourselves. We do this for eight hours a day, whether there's a camera on or not. In fact, most of the time, the camera stuff starts because we're doing it and we're like, oh, we sh- I guess we should film this. We should do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm very appreciative of that. 
But the more I got ingrained here under the old regime, the more holes I saw in the ship. And uh, again, being the headstrong, like, I, I, I could fix this. I got to do it. I just started to do, 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 do. <laughs> I said, do, do. <laughs> I also have a very sophomore extensive humor. But um, I started to do, 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 do. And, uh, and then I looked around and I went, hey, I'm pr- we're pretty much running this place and I'm not getting paid. And mm-hmm. again, it, it wasn't about the money. It was about I didn't feel appreciated. Yeah. I and we've I, had we've had several talks on that. Yep, and I said enough. Right, and, and that so, was for you. And both, I mean, what I love about the the fact that when you and Mike came to me with the idea of hanging, like saying, like, "Hey, let's partner up." Right. And you know, as you recall, I personally wasn't emotionally quite ready to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I attribute a lot of my growth through that hardship to you helping me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so long story short, we got to that place where we were able to, to figure it out and, and, you know, kind of as a, as a three headed monster, figure out how we would, we would do a bit, how we would take over, how we would take over and viably, um, you know, make EMG a better place of business. Right. See how you can, you can sit here because we're what four or five, we're like five months removed from that. Mm-hmm. And and the whole process itself was like living a lifetime within a five month and it's lawyers and accountants and negotiations, like intense stuff. You now five months later can look back and go, wow, I've grown a lot and I've done. To me, and we talk about this, to me that feels like another thing I had to do. And I, I'm loving every day. It's not like I'm miserable. I love every day of what I'm doing all of the time because I'm a pretty positive person. However, I don't have the ability to retroactively like give myself the old pat on the back, you know? And there was something very scary for me, admittedly, when we took over the business, that all of the goals that I had set for myself in my short life, and I'm sure I'm going to set new goals, but for all of those goals that from, you know, 10, six-year-old lemonade stand Mike up to 31-year-old just bought the business... I accomplished everything that I wanted to do, right? I went to college, I got the job, I got the degrees, I uh, I found the person I love and I'm going to marry her and um, we bought this business and it was terrifying for me because I don't know what's next. I've always been working towards something and now I'm in the something mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's very difficult for me to, to go, ha, ah, I did it, you know? Yeah. Or to enjoy the enjoy it. Yeah, we had talked about that because you you had came to me and uh, I guess you gave me a little bit of background on that. And my advice to you was, you need to work on being able to reflect in the moment. Maybe not like, oh, hey, five months ago we did some really cool things, right? But you know, kind of just being able to reflect on in the moment, like I'm doing okay. You know, I'm I'm. You're 31. I'm 31. We have a we have an office of a bunch of young guys. We're running a, a, a what I would consider a very successful business. Right. And it's okay to stop and and just be like, hey man, like you're doing yeah. okay. No, logically, and I and you know suck that. at that. But yeah. we're, we're working on it. Logically, I know that. Yeah. But doing it's a totally different because you're the you're the go go go. Okay. So look, I mean, we can we can talk about that. You know what's going to happen? People are going to listen to this thinking we're going to be talking about music, and they're going to listen and go. This guy's a this guy's a head case. <laughs> this guy's not. No, see, they need to they need to listen to episode number two for that one. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. The therapy session. I'm setting up this number two yeah, real, yeah, yeah. real good here. Yeah. Okay, so 
all right, look, we we've uh, we've got EMG off the ground. Yeah. Okay. It's soaring. It's not it off is. the ground. Yeah, it's like, soaring. No, we're we're doing yeah. really really well, and I'm I'm going home every day. Like, I don't want to go home. Hell. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. Go. I, just I mean, we keep love going. what we do. Yeah. So what? I mean, you you slowly got ingrained, right? You took over the social media marketing. You got a little bit more ingrained with what we were doing here. But I'm saying before we had the, the you know yep. the new uh, business. What is it that Mike Sawpaw thinks of himself as your role at EMG? What is your role at EMG? I'm the engine. I'm the I'm the uh, the jack of all trades. Maybe uh, whatever area we need to like go and do and accomplish. That's my like put my head down, get in the game, and go 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 go. You know, mm-hmm. we went down to the DJ Expo last year, um, and I don't remember if you told me these were your two goals or I said these are our two goals. But I told you I wanted to speak. You said I wanted to speak, and I said we really should have a partnership with this company, Adam Hall. Mm-hmm. And so when we went down last year, I, I remember this very clearly of all the things that I gloss over. I said, we have two goals, boys. We're going to leave here with a partnership, and we're going to leave here with a speaking engagement at next year's expo. And we were virtual unknowns going down there, right? We weren't company owners at that point. We weren't whatever. And um, we did both of those things. And uh, I'm not like... Go me. No, now it's on to the next thing. Now our next goal that we've set is, okay, we want to expand the corporate work and we want to do this stuff. So I think that's my role. You know, I yeah, I do the marketing. I do the, the visuals. I have a love of content and whatever, but I'm the go, go, go guy. Yeah, I feel like in both areas, though, that's definitely an, uh, uh, segments to which the business was lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very lethargic. Yeah. In my estimation. Well, in terms of, you know, we would things would come up that we would have to either decide on or like, you know, logical things that right. were to, to run the business, but we weren't acting on them. We would say like, okay, we'd bring them up and then revisit it and talk about it again and be like, okay, yeah. let's, let's all think on it. And maybe my intuition helps me make decisions. Cause very, very rarely, I think in the last year, maybe there were a couple of decisions the three of us made where I had a like, where we actually, I went with your method, where we ask a question, we talk, we wait a few days, we ask another question. Most of my stuff is like split hair, and I don't find that difficult, but I think it's my intuition of people that helps me with that. See what I'm doing? I'm tying up all these ends, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other end, I would say... <laughs> but also no. No, 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 not no. <laughs> but being that, I, I think that's why, especially you you talked yin and yang in uh, yeah. our episode. Right. I'm. I tend to be pretty good with the break, mm-hmm. a lot. Yep. And someone like me definitely needs a gas pedal or two. I'll attribute the other gas pedal. No, to, no, no, to no. Mike. I'm the gas pedal. Mike is the nitrous. How do you say nitrous that? oxide? Yeah, I have a speech impediment. I do. I dated a speech impediment. Uh, speech. I can't. You can't date a speech impediment. I dated. <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. We're moving. I dated. My brain moves faster than my mouth. I dated a speech pathologist. Okay. 25, 24, 25 years old. And we're out to dinner one night. And she says, hey, you have a frontal S lisp. Which, by the way, if you have a frontal S lisp, saying frontal S lisp is very difficult. Very difficult, yeah. And I went, what? What is that? I'm she not goes, perfect. Yeah. Huh? My mommy <laughs> said I talk good. No. So she, uh, she goes, yeah, you do. But don't worry. I'll fix you. And I went, Okay, because I just lived 24 years of my life and didn't know I was broken. But thank you for fixing me. What did she do? We broke up. Uh, so now I'm burdened knowing that I have a frontal S lisp. 
unbelievable it's not good dude unbelievable it's not but good. you know what i feel like that's kind of like your brand though it's like you know like the how lisp? cindy crawford has like the the the, uh, the birthmark on her lip you know, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah 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 i yeah. hate my voice so do i yeah yeah so do i all right anyway <laughs> we can, we're gonna start going down the rabbit hole here there's there's two other things i want to get to you asked me um you asked me this on our podcast, and I'm interested to hear your answer as well. Mm -hmm. You are in uh, many respects on our team. You're the big picture guy. Mm -hmm. And everyone here has, you know, we have business goals, we have individual goals, we have um, uh, just like team goals, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. right? As EMG as a whole, what do you see the big picture being? That could be five years from now, ten years from now. So, uh, end game. Like, what? What do you see it? Any picture is centered and built on growth. So, whatever it is that we decide to do, I want it to be the biggest, the best. Period. Why I think part of my fear is is because I've always been the big picture guy. Is now we really? It's almost. It's like that's a bad analogy, but. It's like we could do or be anything that we want. And there's something that's very scary in that, you know? And and what I mean by that is I want EMG, the brand, to be synonymous with quality. Um, I, w- I would agree with you. Quality and class, I think, are the two words mm-hmm. um, built on a, 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 found, a sturdy foundation of service and talent. Um, but I don't know if that means we're going to want to take this as to be a national brand. I don't know if that means that we continue to run this business and the three of us look to do other business ventures that still bring that same growth quality in class. So that's to me, those are the bedrock things. And I take solace and comfort in the fact in leaning on others. Now, knowing that if the three of us are in a room, we're going to figure it out and whatever we do, we're going to, we're going to go 120% um, and make sure that we're delivering an unforgettable product and service. So I think that's the, that's the goal. There were a lot of things that I thought needed to be fixed when we took over. Do you feel like we fixed a lot of them? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big, big, big time. And um, results have have kind of backed that up that we have. I don't think we're uh, done. But I don't know if I'm ever going to feel done because unless it's 1,000% perfect, I'm never going to be um, 100% happy with it, you know. But I, to answer your question, I don't know. I think regional offices are somewhere we want to go where we want to... We want to be the name that is associated with, oh, you have EMG. And if you're in New Jersey or New York or Connecticut, that might mean something. But I want it so that if you're in Boston, you have that, you know, or if you're in Florida, that you have that. I think we'll probably at some point end up expanding markets to do that. Um, I also think that there is, I want to kind of change the industry. You know, like if you just look in the last two weeks, we we are starting, it's very important to me that we offer our clients experiences that they won't be able to have anywhere else, not just at an entertainment company, but anywhere else. So, you know, if you become an EMG client, you're going to have access to, um, through our partnerships that we build on to jewelry companies and to a vodka company and to cool events, fragrance, fragrance. Um, I just met with a girl today who wants to come in and be like our, I haven't even talked to you about this yet, about like a a fragrance concierge where, you know, you can, you can tell them what you like and she's going to go down and talk about like a molecular level of like, maybe that flushes out, maybe it doesn't, but I know that I can confidently say no other entertainment company or wedding vendor in any 
capacity is probably having those meetings. Like you're not going to go get a cake and then be like, oh, also, could you help me pick out a fragrance for my day? Yeah. But I'm a guy that says, why not? Why can't we be that? We can be. Right. That's what I mean. Like if we've got our, look, music, I've been doing music since I'm three years old. I know it like the back of my hand, right? Because I'm intuitive, we I did a podcast with Mike and Brian talking about reading a room. I think that plays into it. It's like I know how to entertain. I can do it in my sleep. So it's not like that's going to to take a hit or be sacrificed while we're building out a partnership with um, you know a national vodka company or trying to partner with Men's Warehouse to give our clients fifteen uh, percent off every time. You know, it's those types of things that I want to I want to redefine what it means to be an entertainment company. Yeah, I think that speaks to like you said the experience that we want to give to our clients. Anybody that chooses to work with us, it's not just, oh, hey, you're writing a check to pay for a service for four hours. Right. You know, we want you to experience everything. Like it's an, like an all-encompassing type of feeling where, you know, you can you can have access to things maybe you didn't think of beforehand or, you know, things that you could save on in, in yeah. budgetary and planning your wedding, whatever that might be. You know, this area is much more saturated with... Um entertainment companies yeah, and, sure. and DJ talent that's seen it more at a, a national level. And I th- and I was not exposed to that a lot where I grew up. Um, it was more like one-man show type of deals. Mm-hmm. But when I came down here, especially being a musician first, uh, you know, an instrumentalist, getting to know the, the entertainment business in our particular area of the country and then looking at the, who I would consider to be like the quote-unquote big-time guys, um, I would say all those guys are about a generation older than us. You know, they're like 10 years older. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have a completely different view and sense of what this thing is. And they blew it out of the water. Like, this is not a knock on them. They they took your your standard, like, Joe's DJ karaoke, whatever, and they, they made it into this industry that it is. Mm-hmm. I want more. You know, they want to deliver on that. Like, I've got this cool booth and this cool stuff. And, and that was revolutionary. We're also doing that. But now I want to say, well, what else? What else? Yeah. You have a cool idea for a video? Sure, we can handle that. No, we don't offer like wedding day video stuff. But we're super creative. And I do video and marketing. And, and like, it's those types of things that I just want to completely revolutionize what this thing is. Yeah. And I think that uh, that bleeds over into uh, how you view your band, too. Mm. Being the being the leader as a band leader of, of Cityscape, um, I saw that at, like when we first met, mm-hmm. and you had that's why I I clicked with you so well because you wanted to like redefine, and we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of this, but I felt like you and Mike wanted to redefine like what a wedding band was. Yeah, we're not a wedding band, right? I mean, both in both in look and feel and how you mash up songs and and we're not like a that. wedding band who plays weddings. That's that's how I would define what Cityscape is. Yeah. And I think we do it better than anybody else. It's been a really successful model. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say that like, I'm very, um, it's funny because ta- I feel like even though I'm the band leader and I play in the band, when I talk about Cityscape, I talk about it as a product as though I'm not a part of it. So yeah. my confidence in this comes from like not my part in it. We could talk about EMG and I could be very humble and say, yes, we. there are things that I want to get better on. There are this, there are that. And there's always room for improvement. Even within the band, you want to tighten up a tune or whatever. I will put my band up against any band in the country playing at the same level that we're playing at. Like, hands down. Yeah. There is no one who can do what we do. Nobody. There are better musicians. 
but they still can't do what we do. There's something special. There's an energy about that band, whether it be the chemistry between the singers or the way that the horn lines are written or the way that we perform. You know, there are like show bands and then there are wedding bands and where, and and it's either like you're very showy and you have choreographed routines um, or you have the traditional, like what I'd call the super old school wedding band. Mm -hmm. We're somewhere in the middle. We're not coming with a choreographed act, but we're going to give you a performance. Or like, somewhere not even on that cat, Right. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. coming and we're just going to give you and your guests something you've never seen before. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's why they've been so successful. Yeah. And I would, I would, um, I think any of our past couples would say the same thing. You yeah. know, like I don't say this in a braggadocious kind of like, I'm, I'm just, I'm very confident well, in my that, band. That's what I love about the whole team here, especially because. Yeah, okay. Can we sit here and say we think we're good at what we do? Sure. I, I do think we do a great job on on many different levels, customer service, performance, mm-hmm. uh, putting out good content, yada, 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 right? But internally, we all have kind of like an agreement that we don't talk about that outside of our immediate... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't put that out into the atmosphere and be like, hey, we're so awesome and, and this, that, and the other thing. We right. just go about our business and um, we've always kind of run it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not out there going, my band's the best. I mean, when we meet with other clients, I invite them like, yes, go look at other bands and I don't speak ill of anyone. I'm just very confident in in our product and my band. Um, I am my band's biggest fan. You know what I call that? <laughs> what? Fire! I love it, I love it. All right, uh, we're uh, we're getting down to crunch time here. You're, uh, as as per usual, you're six minutes over crunch time, but go on. See, it's hard watching the clock, right? I thought it was one hour. No, it's 45 minutes, but you well, know what? I'm, I'm going to make it an hour. This is a special edition. It is. Go on. Okay. Um, last but not least, I, we talked about the business. We talked about you personally. You're going through something pretty cool in life. You're engaged. I thought you were going to say I was pregnant. Are you? I'd be very rich if I were. <laughs> I've thought <laughs> about that. What does that even mean? You know? <laughs> if I could only be the first man ever pregnant. You know, when I was in... Uh, well, I think it was in, um, I was a freshman and I was taking my computer class in high school. Yeah. It was a fake article that our, our computer teacher, yep. it was like, the, he was, it was like a Chinese man. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. on the cover of Time magazine or something. Right. It, it was, it was fake news. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so you're going through a cool time in life and I just want to touch up on it real quickly cause you are engaged. Getting married. Getting married. Getting, um, getting hitched. Time, getting hitched. Yep. And I want to know. Because I have my own feelings on it, but where do you feel like being in the business has helped you plan a little bit better for your wedding? Or do you think you you see things through a, a, like a filtered lens where you're like, ah, I can't get out of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think yes to both. Yeah. I think um, we work with vendors and at venues every weekend. So I was able to like, from the moment that I got engaged to the moment everybody was like picked, signed, signed, sealed, delivered was two weeks, right? So I tell some of our couples that and they're like, oh my God. So in that respect, yeah, being in the industry has definitely helped. What's I think I have a newfound appreciation for is when couples come to us who don't come from a musical background or an entertainment background and they sit down I got a sense of that vulnerability that they probably feel when I went to meet with my florist. I sat down and she started to talk about like leave types. Because you knew nothing about flowers. And I'm like, huh? What? Yeah, I'm like, just- Ooh, too much. Yeah, I go, hey, just make it pretty. And Tony, my fiance, just got right into it. You know, she's like, oh, I like this green and that green. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I think that has helped me. I call myself the vendor groom. 
because I'm a vendor and also going to be a group. Mm-hmm. It's a creative thing. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I think that's helped me kind of anticipate in an intuitive manner what couples are coming in with and the things that like the insecurities that you feel helping to put people at ease. Yeah. The other big thing that I'll say to people is, and this is probably, here's a hot take that's going to be bad for our business, but I'm going to say it because I'm it's glad the truth. you're sharing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a wedding. It's not, it's not the Super Bowl, you know? And so have fun. I, I see too often, too many couples get so caught up in, in the worst little things that in the end don't matter, you know? And like, Yes, take it serious, but also it's a celebration. Remember to celebrate. Yeah. You know, and like, just relax, you know, relax. You guys do the the playlist, do not playlist. That was something that I came into and it's a very good system. But when I see couples who will like, we actually had a bride who said like, don't play um, whatever it was like Backstreet Boys. Okay, cool. So Cityscape goes to do the wedding. Her bridesmaids are begging for Backstreet Boys to the point where it's like they're they're causing a scene, you know? Yeah. And I said, I'm sorry, we, we can't play it. I mean, you know, the bride said, so now they're in their friend's ear saying like, hey, can we play the Backstreet Boys? And she wasn't having it. And to me, it's like, it's a celebration for everyone and these are your guests. Like they should, you know, and it's one song. Is it really going to ruin your day? Yeah, I, I, I so know what you mean. Don't take yourself too seriously. I think is the, yeah. is the overarching advice I would have for everybody. Relax, have a good time. Yeah. I hope you take your own advice. Oh, baby, you wait till you see how I cut a rug. I've seen it before. Yeah? It's impressive. Love it. All right, you ready for this? For what? Ooh. Quick questions. Quick questions. Go. So we learned a little bit about you, but I have uh, I have a couple things here. You ready? Go. You're going to a deserted island for one week by yourself. You can take one food with you to eat. What food are you taking? Uh, my grandmother's pasta. Great. McDonald's or Wendy's? McDonald's. Wrong answer. You're sweating for the wedding. <laughs> if your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would play you? Uh, comedy, and as much as I want to say Bradley Cooper, I'm going to say uh, Jason Biggs. <laughs> American Pie. Go on. <laughs> Who's the greatest rapper of all time? Uh, Biggie Smalls. Obviously. This is not even a question. Are you a morning or night person? Nice. If you could buy a yacht, what would you name it? Oh, good question. How do you like me now? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm fighting back, baby. If you could trade lives with anyone for one day, who would it be and why? Eddie Murphy. He's the funniest person on the earth. I just watched the Comedians in Cards with him yesterday. It was a great you wanna, episode. You want to tell the people why you watched it, Tom? Yeah, because I forced you to watch it because you don't watch anything I tell you to watch. You're not wrong. Hit the music. Let's keep doing this. Go. Okay. Uh, what do I got? What is your favorite piece of EMG content to date? Oh, dude, that's like asking me my favorite breath of air. Um, I will say our photo shoot video. Yeah, that was dope. That was a good one. That was really good. Shout out to Hayes. We'll put that on show notes if you'd like to see it. Go. Okay. And of course, what does your dream entertainment package look like? Uh, can I use Cityscape in this instance of course because it's been hard for me knowing that cityscape can't play my wedding because they are my wedding in the party and stuff so i'm gonna go cityscape and the park avenue horns with uh the bass player from hyde park filling in for me i'm going to go uh brian festa emceeing 
Well, wait, I, I am. This is really what's happening. I'm going with Hyde Park. Brian is emceeing. Maddie is DJing. We're going to have a crazy light show. Jazz quartet for the cocktail hour. Violin and keys and sax when you arrive. I'm going nuts, dude. This is quick questions, I thought. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, a standard DJ setup. Okay, I wanted to... That that can conclude uh, my quick questions here. Hold on. You gotta get better with the board, man. It's, it doesn't take my, my, my fingers. Anyway, <laughs> I have two more for you. Because I wanted to do kind of like a like a special thing. Okay. I'm, it, this is from the team. I reached out to the team earlier this week. Oh. I got two questions in. Okay. okay. You have to answer it and guess who it's from. Okay. All right. Is it? Do I have to answer it quickly? One, no. One's easy. One's a little... Uh, I don't know. Okay. Is everyone in the running here? Uh, yeah, everyone. Go. I'm, I'm not. Okay, go. Okay. Superman versus Hulk. Who wins? Uh, Superman, obviously. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, that was a Brian question. That was from your brother. Oh, wow. Okay, go on. Okay. Number three, mm-hmm. if there was one song you could play perfectly on the bass, what is it? That question comes from Mike. Nope. Okay. Steven, again? Nope. You? My wife. Oh. Sammy G. Okay, my answer is, um, uh, what's, what? oh, Mike, Mike, what's the, the Tower of Power song? Boom, 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 Mike, 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 What Mike. is hip? Tell me, tell me. That's a sick bass line. That was from Sammy. Okay, go on. I, well, I didn't know, okay. All right, so you're talking out of office team as well. Yeah, I said everyone would, oh, geez, you don't listen. Just go. Okay. Last but not least, you ready for this one? Yep. Why does Galileo's theory of inertia also apply to the way humans naturally love steady motion of routine? Do you think it applies to all forms of life? I think all forms of life are affected by this if they were carried in utero, yes. Because I think it, it, um, it mimics the motion uh, that we become accustomed to as, as embryos in the mother's womb. That's a, that's Highly a, scientific. Who was that from? That's a Maddie question. That was from Carleo. Damn it! <laughs> Oh, for three. I was terrible on those. Do I play the music to, to go out here? No, you just say goodbye to the... Just, right. You want anyway. me to do the sign No, I, li- I like this thing. Right. Anyway, guy, th- Mike, thank you for joining me. Hey, I'm sorry for being crazy, man. Thank you for letting me interview you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we hope the audience enjoyed it. Stay tuned for part two, maybe one day. Uh, I am uh, Tom Gambuza as your sit-in host for this week's episode of the Spotlight Interview with Mr. Mike Saltpaw. Hey, I want my chair back now. You can find us at elegantmusicgroup.com or on Instagram at elegantmusicgroup.